and welcome to A Word for This Day podcast. I'm Jory Schaefer, the show's host and creator, and it is my joy and my pleasure to welcome you today. Welcome back to all you regular listeners. I'm so thankful for you. Thank you for coming back day after day, and welcome to anyone who's here for the first time. It's no accident that you are here today, friend. Uh, so don't run off quite yet. Stick around and let's see what the Lord has for us as we spend time in His Word today. You to know that I've prayed for you, even though I don't know who all of you are. Continue to pray that the Lord will draw you closer to Him and that He will give you that desire to be in His Word, to know Him, to know more of Him, that you'll realize that it does take some intention and being deliberate. And I would encourage you just write it on your appointment book, make it part of something that you do. That's the best way for us to do that. We make time for things that are important for us, friends. I'm learning that more and more. I'm not as good at it, but I I want to do like what the word says and make the best use of the time because the days are evil. We are in a rough world that uh this place that we live, it's dark, but we have the light. We have the um, truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And we must uh, spend time learning more about Him and learning His Word and knowing more of Him. It'll make all the difference in how we navigate this earth and this, this walk that we have. And so I'm just so thankful that you've chosen to be here today. Um, please consider sharing this podcast with friends, family, neighbors, strangers, just anyone who you think may also receive a blessing from it. And know I love to hear from you. I love to hear what God's doing in your life as you're spending more time with Him each day. So you can find my email down in the show notes. It's a word for this day at gmail.com. Send me a message sometime if you feel so led. Well, our verse for the day for February the 17th, 2024 comes from the Old Testament prophecy of Malachi. Malachi chapter 2, verse 17. Oh, and this is a good one. Of course, you know I love all the words and all the verses. But Malachi 2.17 reads as follows from the English Standard Version. You have wearied the Lord with your words, but you say, how have we wearied him? By saying, everyone who does evil is good in the sight of the Lord and he delights in them. Or by asking, where is the God of justice? Oh, friends, do we not hear these questions or see these statements in this world that we live in today? And this wearies the Lord. So I'm excited for us to park here and see what we can learn. But you know, if you've been on this journey with me for any length of time, that I think it's wise for us to get our... um bearing straight to find out where we are in scripture so that we get the appropriate context and so we can know how to apply this this goes back to handling god's word of truth rightly and oh when i read this i think of that irreverent babble that uh Paul talked to Timothy about yesterday about making sure that we avoid that. And um, that's exactly when our uh, the people in our world today uh, call evil good and good evil and say, everybody's fine. Everything's going to be just fine. And where is God in all of this? Oh, my. Uh, we've been warned about that. And so... Uh, I'm excited for us to park here and see what we can learn. So Malachi is the last book in the Old Testament. 
Remember that the Old Testament starts with the five books of the law, and then it moves to Old Testament history, and then to the wisdom literature, or, or some will call it wisdom and poetry literature, then to the books of prophecy, and there are the major prophets and the minor prophets. The major prophets were called major primarily because of the volume of their work. They're just, in general, bigger. Although Lamentations is stuck in there next to Jeremiah, and Lamentations is small, but Jeremiah is thought to have written both of those. And Daniel's volume is not quite as big as um, as Isaiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, and Jeremiah, but oh my, it's packed with just a lot of uh, very important things and has been quoted. Of course, all of God's Word is important. I don't want to imply that any is more important than the other, uh, but it's uh, been quoted a lot, and Daniel was... Um, clearly uh, one of the major prophets in the Old Testament. But these minor prophet books, there's 12 of those, and they close out the Old Testament. They were minor primarily because their um, volume was smaller, as I mentioned. And Malachi is this last one before we have what we think was about 400 years. There's about 400 years in between the Testaments when we have no record of... Um, a prophecy from God or a word from God. Um, and so it's thought that he may have been silent during those times as far as having a prophet until John the Baptist, well, until that angel came to tell, the angel Gabriel came to tell uh, Zechariah that he was he and his wife Elizabeth were going to have a son named John. And also Gabriel went to um, Mary and told her that she would be the mother of the Messiah um, there were no messages that we have recorded uh, that came from God during that time. And so Malachi is this last one. And what we see when we think about these books of prophecy is that um, we can look at those uh, based on to whom the prophecy is given and roughly when it was given. And we've talked about this many times before. But that's helpful in my mind to think about that. If we think about there are some of these uh, books of prophecy that were given, uh, they're called pre-exilic before that southern kingdom of Judah and before the northern kingdom of Israel was exiled or scattered. Um, the northern kingdom of Israel was scattered because of their disobedience and their unfaithfulness to God. God used the Assyrians to do that. That southern kingdom of Judah was carried off into captivity by the Babylonians for 70 years. God um, allowed that because of their unfaithfulness. After that 70 years, though, they came back to Jerusalem. And God sent prophets. He sent prophets during the exile, which were Daniel and Ezekiel. And then he sent these post-exilic prophets and uh, Zechariah, Haggai, and Malachi were those post-exilic prophets. And this was just to, once again, encourage them to turn back to God uh, to make sure that they were um, realizing how far away they had gone and that they needed to turn back and uh, to focus on Him. And then God told them what was uh, what would be coming here in Malachi. And so I love that. I just have to pause and, and think about this. It just ran through my mind as I think about how gracious God was to send the prophets. You know, it all it started all the way back 
um, in the Garden of Eden, when God was walking with Adam and Eve, and he could talk directly with them until that fall, until that sin entered and that separated God from man. And um, then the people just, over time, things got worse and worse and worse, and God sent the, the flood and then started over again with Noah. And then um, after Noah, we see that um, God had a friend in Abraham, and he made this covenant with Abraham that through him all the nations of the earth would be blessed, and there would be, there was this sense of hope that people would be able to come back and have blessing from God, even though uh, there had been, uh, they had gone away, they had fallen away, but he still made a way, and then after Abraham, we, you know, he had Isaac, Isaac had Jacob, Jacob had the 12 uh, sons who became the heads of the 12, tribe of Israel, 12 tribes of Israel, and they grew to a very large number, but were in Egypt and were oppressed, and God sent Moses to bring them out, uh, just as he had promised Abraham that he would, and he was their God, he was one who would guide and and take care of them, and he did that for them in the wilderness. But uh, sometimes their hearts would turn away, and he did exactly what he told them we'd do, he would do, and he brought them to the promised land, took them over into the promised land. He sent judges at that time to help lead them, but they sometimes would turn away, and then they would come back, and then he would turn away, and then he uh, allowed them to have kings who. Uh, some would lead. David did. David was a man after God's own heart, even though he was human, even though he made mistakes, even though he was a sinner, just like all of us. He truly sought to do what was right in the eyes of the Lord. And his son Solomon started out right, but then his heart was turned away from God because he was disobedient. He did exactly what God told him not to do. And then those kingdoms were uh, split. And it was after at that time that uh, the Lord started to send prophets in to encourage them to turn back. And I love what we read at the beginning of Hebrews. Just anytime we're in the books of prophecy, I think about just how good God is and how good he was to um, try to encourage them to turn back, just to return, repent and return and receive the blessing. Because if we refuse and rebel, there's trouble. There's always going to be trouble. But he's so gracious in that uh, for a time, he allows us to come back. But listen to this. He says, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. And so I, when I think about us being in these books of prophecy, that comes to my mind. God was sending them very clear messages. Uh, but now, on this side of the cross, aren't we so blessed? Uh, they were blessed, but we are also so very blessed. He says, but in these last days, this is in Hebrews, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. They had the prophets. We can learn so much when we're in these books of prophecy, because often you'll see, thus says the Lord, or the Lord says this, or hear this word of the Lord. So we see the Lord's character. We see um, what he thinks about things, and we're very much going to see that in today's verse. Now, Malachi uses this. He was inspired by God to put like questions and answers. He was bringing up questions that the people would often ask, but then the answer would come from 
God. And so, as you read through Malachi, and it's a short book, it's just four chapters. And I would encourage you to go back and read it with that mindset that Malachi had been sent by God to encourage the people once again to turn back to him. They had fallen again into unfaithfulness. They had become complacent in their faith. Um, they would were not following the law as they had been encouraged to do. Um, these promises of the Messiah to come had not happened, and they had yet, and they had uh, turned away the leaders, the priests, those who should have known the law, who should have known what God said about making sure that they followed the law and that they um, had no other gods before Him, had become lax, they had become corrupt, and so this is a warning. And so I want to read up to um, our verse for the day, um, the very beginning of chapter uh, 2, the Lord is rebuking those priests. He sent Malachi to tell them, he says, and now, O priest, this command is for you. If you will not listen, if you will not take it to heart to give honor to my name, says the Lord of hosts, then I will send the curse upon you and I will curse your blessings. Indeed, I have already cursed them because you do not lay it to heart. Um, remember what we've talked about over and over again, that with God, it is all about the heart. And friends, it is it has always ever been about that. He knows our heart. He knows what's in the heart of man. Jesus knew it. God knows it because they're one. God, God the Father and, and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. Um, but they know what's in our heart. We may be able to fool the world, but we can't fool God. And so the quicker that we come to terms with that and realize that, and uh, we're just honest with Him and um, ask Him to help clean our hearts, to create in us a new heart that we might follow Him with all our heart, it makes such a difference. But He was uh, reminding, He was rebuking the priests for the way that they had acted. And then he's getting ready to um, talk to just the whole nation of Judah, that southern kingdom of Judah, about how they had turned away from the covenant. And I'm going to read this up to our verse for the day. He says in verse 10, Have we not all one Father? Has not one God created us? Why then are we faithless to one another, profaning the covenant of our fathers? Judah has been faithless, and abomination has been committed in Israel and in Jerusalem, for Judah has profaned the sanctuary of the Lord, which he loves, and has married the daughter of a foreign god. May the Lord cut off from the tents of Jacob any descendant of, of the man who does this, who brings an offering to the Lord of hosts. That was Malachi saying, look what we've done. Look what y'all have done. We've profaned this covenant that we have with the Lord. And he says, And the second thing you do, you cover the Lord's altar with tears, with weeping and groaning, because he no longer regards the offering or accepts it with favor from your hand. And we know that he didn't accept it because... Um, their hearts had turned away. Their hearts were not in the right place. He says, But you say, Why does he not? Because the Lord was witness between you and the wife of your youth to whom you have been faithless, though she is your companion and your wife by covenant. Did he not make them one with a portion of the Spirit in their union? And what was the one God seeking? Godly offspring. 
So guard yourselves in your spirit, and let none of you be faithless, faithless to the wife of your youth. For the man who does not love his wife but divorces her, says the Lord, the God of Israel, covers his garment with violence, says the Lord of hosts. So guard yourselves in your spirit, and do not be faithless. So um, Malachi was encouraging them. Uh, many of these people had turned away from um their wives and married uh, women from these other countries who were uh, godless, who followed false gods, and he was warning them. They had been warned about this in the law, and he was warning them about this again. And then here's our verse for the day. You have wearied the Lord with your words, but you say, how have we wearied him? And then Malachi says, by saying, Everyone who does evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and he delights in them. Or by asking, where is the God of justice? You know, as I mentioned at the top of this uh, podcast, that just so sounds like this world that we're in today. It sounds so much, uh, this first part, like many of these false religions and false gospels, places, um, religious uh, groups that claim to be believers in Christ claim to be followers of the word, but they twist the word. They um, are deceived and they deceive others. They have this irreverent babble like we talked about yesterday. And we see that Malachi was inspired to write, you weary the Lord with your words when you talk like that. Um, and, and you say, How have we wearied him? And Malachi says, Every by saying, Everyone who does evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and he delights in them. So, these places, these uh, different teachers, just take it in our time right now, who champion sin, who say certain lifestyles that the, the word speaks definitely in black and white against, and said, If you continue in this, living in this way, that is sin. That's an abomination, and there are uh, places of, uh, or religious places, or places that claim to be followers of God that say, oh, yes, we want people to live in this way because this is okay, this is how the culture is, and this is, this is fine to continue in this sin. No! We weary the Lord in that way. That's how you weary him, by, by calling evil good. And our world does that so much. You can turn on the news. You can look in any in media. You can listen to any um, major news outlet or um, certain political parties who champion these things, who champion things that the Lord has clearly spoken against. And they say, oh, this is good. No. No, it wearies the Lord when we say everyone who does evil is good in the sight of the Lord and he delights in them. God does love us. He loves us so much that he sent his son, but we are all sinners. And to champion sin is wrong. If we look over in Isaiah chapter 5, we, in verse 20, we read, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and shrewd in their own sight. That's what our world does, and that wearies the Lord. Um, God does love everyone, but 
Everyone needs to realize that we are sinners and there's nothing good in us on our own. Only God is good, as Jesus said. Um, and it's only him in us that allows us to have any goodness in us. And that comes from by believing in him and trusting in him and letting him cleanse our hearts. And then by asking, where is the God of justice? You know, we see that in our world today. People say, well, where is God? If God is so good, why does he allow this to happen? Why? This is not fair. Where is that God of justice? That's a dangerous thing for us to say, friends, because God is sovereign. He is holy. His will and his ways are perfect. His thoughts are much higher than our thoughts. His ways are much higher than our ways. And he sees everything. He created everything. Everything um, is done in a certain way and allowed in a certain way because he allows it. And so for us to come to him and say, well, uh, this is not fair or you didn't do right or where where are you in all of this is a dangerous place to be. I think God allows us to come um, with true questions. But if we are challenging him and challenging his authority, challenging his holiness, challenging his motive, challenging his sovereignty, that's a dangerous place to be, friends. May we not do that. May we realize that we are the created. He's the creator. He's our savior. He is loving. He is holy. He is our deliverer and he does forgive and he does provide and he does protect, but he is holy. He deserves our reverence. He deserves our fear. He deserves our worship and adoration. He is the one true living God, God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. May we keep that in our minds, especially as we walk in this world. May we not fall into the traps and the snares of the evil one who tries to get us to go along with culture because culture will ask these questions, but we can be a beacon and say, yes, God he, he may have allowed this, but he's holy. His purposes are perfect. He does love us. He made a way for us to know more of him. And may we share that. May we rest in that when things are hard. When it's hard to trust, may we walk by faith and not by sight. Uh, it's all about our heart. It's all about faith. And he will increase our faith as we give him more glory and as we rely on him and we trust him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Blessings to you, friends. Until next time.